The women's lustful moans and orgasmic screams came to her with such force that it caused her nipples to harden and her throat to moan, regardless of the intense and disorienting scene before her. She looked to find at the farthest end and saw that the togas became darker, older, as though she was bearing witness all the way back in time to the ancient sins of Sodom and Gomorrah. Eve, caught in powerful sexual rapture, was desperate for balance and tried to steady herself, but control never came. The scent of sweet foreign incenses swirled around her in thick, palpable wafts of air. Her heart thumped in her ears, competing with the heavy, pounding music that seemed to come from everywhere. Hypnotized. Available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and Smashwords. Hello and welcome back to the Kiss Me Quicks podcast. This is Rose Carraway. And don't forget, these stories are for adults only. I'm totally excited. I have lots of good news. The Kiss Me Quicks Eroticast has been officially sponsored. Yay! So, in honor of my new sponsors... The most annoying sound in the world. I'd like to declare today, Worldwide Lube Day! You've all probably heard that the most annoying sound in the world spots on a few other podcasts, so I'm not going to repeat the same commercial, but I would like to stress that it's because of big sponsors like the most annoying sound in the world that enable us podcasters to keep getting our stuff out to you. So let's celebrate Worldwide Lube Day together by going to the most annoying sound in the world dot com and pick out your favorite lube or try a new one. From water-based lubes to silicone-based lubes, you can find the right kind of lube for your favorite toys, masturbating, warming, and flavored lubes. Whatever kind of lube you need. You're it. Quitties. Any quitties. When you use the Kiss Me Quick special code, you get 50% off one item, three free adult DVDs, one extra gift for free, plus free shipping on your entire order. The special code you need to enter so that the most annoying sound in the world knows that you heard their ad here is... With no spaces. So go to the, the most annoying sound in the world dot com. Enter my code and get some lube in honor of Worldwide Lube Day. Oh yeah, baby. And now, Succubus Part Two. The haunted man with tanned skin and side-parted, dark, wavy hair that hung over one eye in sweaty strands had worry lines etched across his forehead and creased in the corners of his eyes. He sat poised at the very edge of his seat across the aisle from September. His dark, full lips were parted and he was staring at her with a hard concentration. Sometimes in this dream, he seemed just as frightened as she was, as though he too felt the abandoned man making his way down the aisle. He was coming for September. The dream shifted and flashed to a new scene. Now his soft lips were between her breasts, his hair disheveled and his eyes impassioned. 
black hair grazed her nipples, and she was about to run her fingers through the dark sea of wavy tendrils to tilt his head back and taste him. But the dream shifted once again. She was back in her seat. As if she were walking barefoot along a forested floor, the scent of damp mosses and plush ferns surrounded her, and the salty smell of a stormy sea carried on a breeze filled her nose. The curved jet walls provided perfect acoustics that brought the screams of colliding passengers vibrating to her ears with sound studio quality that gave her a pounding headache. She sat like an audience member, observing the clamoring faceless people until the tanned hand that was marked with a long crescent-shaped scar across the back suddenly gripped her wrist. It was a strong hand. When the dreams first began, his dark features were frightening, but now his eyes made her feel safe. The worry and fear that glowed in his eyes was humanizing, but like clockwork, as his hand reached for her wrist, the soothing smells of forest and salty seas were pushed away by the advancing old dingy mildew scent. The heavy, overpowering, musty odor carried with it a dangerous, tangible foreboding. The sexless, abandoned man was approaching. September gagged as sweat ran down the sides of her face and her heart raced. More than anything, she wanted off the plane in these dreams, but no matter how much she fought, she lacked the strength to get out of the sea. He was something that shouldn't exist, a mistake of creation. He was a monster. The cell phone rang and she bolted upright, breathing like she'd just run a marathon. She peeled the bands of soft red hair clinging with sweat to the sides of her face and tucked them behind her ears, then looked around the room as though the monster from the nightmare had followed her there. The cell phone rang again. The bedroom was bright with the glare of a late morning sun as she tried to focus on the nightstand and search for the cell phone. It rang again. All right. Her voice was as groggy as her vision. Her shaky hand found it behind the wooden frame that held a picture of her and Fran. She knew the number but didn't answer it. It was crew cut. He'd been persistently calling for the last two weeks. She regretted giving him her number. Where an incubus tended to have multiple human lovers at once, a succubus didn't. Her path before bonding was of a chase route. The tawdry act of swallowing like a whore had created a non-stop, dark, tortured guilt and branded her conscience too deeply. The desire to allay her guilt became a priority. September needed to keep a distance, and it wouldn't hurt her feelings if she never saw him again. After deleting the voicemail, she searched for the missed call number and labeled it with the name Crew Cut. With a little more wakeful awareness, she then attached a ringtone. The good, the bad, and the ugly was perfect. She could smell the stress of her dream wafting from her underarms when the bedspread slipped from her breasts. Her nipples puckered in the chilly summer morning air. The sweat between her breasts was cooled by the sudden exposure and sent a ripple of goosebumps all over her skin. The phone was still in her hand and with a yawn and sigh, 
she decided it was time to call Fran. They hadn't spoken in two weeks. It was long enough. She punched in the number and waited. Fran's phone only rang once. Hey! Her voice came across the line, strong and clear. Fran was an early riser. Hey! September didn't know where to begin. They talked for about ten minutes, while September did. Fran did most of the listening, which was refreshing. Fran, listen, I owe you an apology. Apology accepted. Now, you've got 30 minutes to shit, shower, and shave before we meet for lunch. So wash that thing and hurry your little ass up. Though Fran was a little crass sometimes, she was still her best friend, and it was a relief that she was so easily forgiven. She threw the covers off and got out of bed, then clicked the radio on for background noise and turned the shower lever to the far right. The chill was still in her bones and she looked around the room again. Even during the day, she couldn't shake the feeling that someone or something was getting closer. Like most dreams, these never made sense. She didn't want to see the abandoned man, but every dream brought him a little closer. Mumbling, she tried to convince herself, it's not real. As she grabbed a fresh towel, she barely heard the news report about a staggering number of suicides on the East Coast. She tested the water and shook her head. Frickin' suicides. Then entered the billowing steam clouds and slid the shower door shut. The hot water washed over her face and down her back. The hint of mildew was still in the air and a chill ran up her spine despite the hot water. She didn't want to think about the abandoned man. When he came closer in the dream, passenger screams rose and then fell, silent like crashing waves finally sliding onto the beach. He was ominous and determined to make his way to her. Every morning she woke up this way, cold, from the sweat and fear. She tilted her head back and worked soap through her hair, concentrating on the tingling hot water that needled against her skin. As soon as she closed her eyes, though, images flashed in her mind like freeze frames. Instead of being on a seat on the plane, she was suddenly naked and straddling the man with tan skin and long, wavy black hair. The contrast of his dark lips and hands against her skin as they rapidly traveled from one pale pink nipple to the next was stark, and when he sucked one rosy bud into his mouth, September's knees went weak. It was all she could do to stay standing in the shower. Her heart was pounding and her pussy was hot with new dreamt pain deep inside. The image of his unbelievably large dark cock was at once frightening and exciting. Tender skin ripped as she lowered onto him. Pain, searing yet delightful, burned within and left September wanting more. The silkiness of long hair that entangled around her fingers was sensual as she helped his mouth to her breast. The chestnut flash of his eyes was intoxicating. Up and down she moved. Then she saw wisps of his essence emerging from his mouth. Her breath was caught short, and she quickly had to brace her arms and hands against the sides of the shower. 
September jerked her head straight, and the water ran into her eyes. What the hell? That's new. Looking down between her legs, there was no blood, but the slick consistency between her thighs was still intriguing. He had felt so real. It was still a little early for the lunch crowd at Ricardo's, and a sparse amount of diners occupied the restaurant inside. The patio was empty, save for them. Fran separated the warm bread and poured vinaigrette and olive oil for dipping. So how many times has this crew-cut guy called you? Fran asked between her own tasty bites. Almost every day for the last two weeks. September watched her friend's face. Two weeks ago, she'd gotten pissed off at Fran and they hadn't spoken since. So you went to the club without me. And I hooked up with this guy and two of his friends. She quickly shoved in a second helping of bread. Good Lord! Fran nearly choked. She did sound like a flagrant slut. Since then, September hadn't soul-sucked a single time as penance, and her libido was paying the price. Fran wiped her mouth. A foursome, huh? How good was that? Guilt wedged itself between her lungs and stomach into the dark, cavernous pit where it most often found its comfortable residence as of late. I guess I got a little carried away, but don't worry, it won't ever happen again. I just wish I was there, Fran said. Fran looked up as the waiter returned with another plate of focaccia. The urge to soul-suck the young man dry was strong, but September crammed an oversized piece of bread into her mouth instead. It would have been easy to carry on conversation while getting her rocks off, but penance was penance, and she couldn't bear any more guilt. So have you given any more thought about us? September felt her lungs fill with air, ready to exhale with a heavy sigh, but let it slowly eke out instead. She took a sip of tea, then studied the tablecloth. Fran wanted to sleep with her, to experience for herself what it was like to have a succubus suck her soul during sex. But the rules prohibited that. She wasn't allowed to soul-suck close friends, even if they wanted it. I have, she said. She cleared her throat and took another sip of tea. You have to understand. I need you to understand, Fran, what this is going to mean. A quick look around showed they were still alone on the patio, but she lowered her voice anyway. It's a sacred rule that you're asking me to break. It's sacrilege. Tears blurred her vision, but she blinked them back. I'm worried that you're going to like it too much, and our friendship, a friendship that I would protect with my life, will be ruined. fiddled with her napkin, finding the right words. I know. I promise I won't disrespect our friendship. You don't have to stress. All these years of knowing that you're this magical succubus that can secretly get off on sucking people's souls anytime you want, well, I feel jealous. I just want to feel what it's like, you know? Now Fran's eyes looked a little glassy. At that moment, it dawned on September that she had already made up her mind to forfeit sex until Fran was satisfied. 
This was the only way her guilt could be washed away completely, and then she could start over with a clean slate. The good, the bad, and the ugly suddenly rang out. It was crew cut again. She pulled the phone out of her back pocket and pushed end, sending it straight to voicemail. Nice ringtone. That him? Fran asked. This guy wants a date in the worst way. Fran picked up the phone and listened to the voicemail. He's going to be waiting for you at the club tonight. You want me to go and let him know you're not interested in any more backseat blowjobs? All this talk about soul-sucking was becoming harder to bear. She was desperate, but didn't want Fran to know of her reservations regarding crew cut, and was glad she'd never asked why she left his calls unanswered. A pondering look grew on Fran's face. September knew immediately her friend was thinking about putting the moves on crew cut. You little blonde hornball! Just make sure he loses my number before you jump him, okay? Jealousy wedged itself next to guilt in her stomach. God, this sucks, she thought. Fuck you, guilty conscience. So when do we get together and rub pretties? Fran asked, unaware of her friend's internal struggle. Mom and Dad are supposed to be going to Carmel for their anniversary. How about then? September suggested. That would add another week before she could soul-suck. That's next weekend, right? Cool, I can wait, she said. But that long-away look on her face told September she'd be fucking crew-cut in the meantime. Fuck you, guilty conscience. Fuck you. Dinner that night was grueling at best. When asked simple questions, September's short, snappy answers got her some irritated looks from both parents. Knowing that Fran was out having a jolly old time getting her socks rocked off, while she was at home suffering like some heroin addict coming off her ship, wasn't fair. The metal arrows on the clock pointed to 11 on the nose, so she headed upstairs for bed. After stripping down, she slid beneath the sheets, thinking about Fran and Crewcut at the club. She wondered if Fran could abstain from sex if she had to. It was doubtful. She was a free spirit, and there were no rules bogging her down. Unlike September, who'd been born with strictly enforced rules guiding her every step, when Fran wanted something, she went for it. Maybe that was why she loved Fran so much. Absorbing was the only time she felt that her skin truly belonged to her. She felt like a phony walking around, pretending to be normal, all the while waiting for her intended incubus to happen by. But like a good girl, she waited, obeying the rules and remaining a virgin just for him. But damn, it was so tormenting to keep refusing her instincts. It was ever since she'd swallowed Crewcut's cum. It felt like the long-time self-forged protective barrier of willpower that prevented her from losing her virginity began to crumble. She wasn't sure just how long before she would give up and let a man inside her. Flashes of the man she came to know intimately in her dreams played in her head. She fantasized about him as her incubus. Out of necessity and a recently developed habit, September's fingers slowly glided down and slid between her pussy lips. Sleep would come easier if she relieved the need, if only temporarily. The screams of passengers and the whine of engines penetrated her eardrums, her stomach lurched into her throat with a sickening nausea as the plane fell. 
The distinct smells of fresh forest and the salty sea permeated the air. With a painful white-knuckled death grip, she clutched her armrests. Vines whipped out of nowhere with lashing disorder catching terrified passengers. They coiled around loose bodies and then held the passengers suspended in midair. September wanted to cover her ears from the sound and suddenly noticed that every face was turned to look at her. Necks craned and twisted with wide, terrified eyes to look at her. Immobile in her seat, a vine now circled its way around her lap and then her torso. It was so tight and secure like an Indian's papoose. The scent of old, rotten fabric settled in the air. The abandoned man was coming again. Being strapped in made her claustrophobic. Suddenly, the falling plane was flooding with biting, ice-cold water at an alarming rate. It reached her knees too quickly, and the frigid temperature sunk into her bones. The stench was closer, stronger. A scream welled up in her chest, but the circling vine wrapped around her mouth like a gag. Bitter sap filled her mouth when she bit down on the twining woodiness, making her choke and cough more. There was a new scream that shrilled out above her panic and the rest of the passengers. She looked in the direction it came from. It was Fran. The sexless, blundering creation was pasty and naked and possessed no identifying sex organs between his overly elongated legs. They merely met the bottom of his torso like a child's toy doll. Although he was hunched over slightly, he was terrifically emaciated and tall. He held Fran's face with long, bony fingers and lifted her from the seat without any effort. Her arms and legs dangled helplessly. It was useless to fight against the vined restraints. In horror, she could only watch as he opened his mouth. Cold dread filled her veins. September screams, silent breaths, and tears washed her cheeks. Fran's beautiful, innocent soul was being devoured. Her pretty, wide brown eyes reflected surprise and wonderment, but then her face scrunched up. She looked over to September for help, but the vines held her too tight. She couldn't move. Her knees shook with adrenaline, and her legs felt numb in the freezing seawater. She could only watch as the once thick, radiant vapors of Fran's soul thinned into a single, delicate, silken strand, and then finally disappeared, completely absorbed by the monster that held her face. Severe, decayed teeth showed between his ugly, thin-lipped smile when he turned to look at September. Fran was too pale, her body was too limp, as though the skeletal scaffolding was completely gone. The sexless man had the audacity to lick his cadaverous lips with a dry tongue as he dropped Fran into the quickly rising water and headed toward September. He sloshed through the seawater slowly, deliberately. The dreadful smile never left his face. She tried to scream at him, to kill him with her eyes, hating him with passionate fury. His bony hands reached out for her face. The putrid fumes were too strong with his breath as it came in a harsh whisper and penetrated her skin. You're mine. Bile pushed forth, and September tried to bite down to prevent it from coming out. But then his mouth opened, and with thin, dehydrated lips, 
and brown decaying teeth, he began to take her soul. She woke up, screaming. For Stupid Fish Productions, this is Rose Carraway. musical artists Donnie Drost Fireproof Babies Mesk Broke for Free CDK Chris Zabriskie and the featured credit song I Am a Monster by Tiny Folk Don't forget to subscribe to the Kiss Me Quicks podcast so that you can get the next show Succubus Part 3 Of course I love those comments and ratings on iTunes too Thanks guys for your support And as always, thank you so much for listening. See you soon. I've got monster ears and monster eyes. I put monster ketchup on my monster fries. And when I smell blood, I feel alive. My fur stands on end and I lose my mind. I'm a monster. I'm a monster. Stupid fish. Balls.